0: This week in wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group. Retirement made simple. This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors LLC, an SEC registered advisor, WGN Radio, and RWA Are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I am the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company, a financial journalist, and the host of this show.
2: And I'm Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area.
1: So if you want to talk to Tom or ask us a question, and by the way, thank you so much to everybody who wrote in after last week. We just got a lot of great responses back. Pull out your paper and pencil. We've got a lot of great information, and you can always call Tom directly at 630-934-1855, or you can go to Group. Dot com, And download all kinds of cool stuff, including your information about your retirement package, uh, or get the five pillars of your retirement plan, income planning, estate planning, asset planning, investment planning, and tax planning. Did I get all those right, Tom?
2: You covered it. Good job.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) That's
2: complete, as I like to say.
1: The complete five-pillar package. Um, Well, I feel like a broken record, but every week I say this, it has been another really big week of business news. Mm -hmm. But I think the highlight has to be that inflation actually came down last month. The top-line number fell from over 9% to an annualized rate of Mm 8.5%, which to me felt like a really big win. What did you think?
2: <laughs> well, you can't say it's not uh, it moving in the right the right direction, right? It's always the trend, so uh, you know you want to see, be optimistic. I guess it's the half full versus half empty concept, but certainly it's the the uh, it's better than the opposite. So we'll take this inflation trending down.
1: Yeah, no, I totally thought, as so many economists did, that we were going to see an even higher number because the lowest number dropped off from a year mm-hmm. ago, and yet um, it came down. And if you strip it out and go down to down, the I'm saying this wrong, but if you go down to core inflation numbers, even there we're seeing things like gas prices came down. Um, you know, and it's not that we're saying that eight and a half. Percent inflation isn't horrifying. It is. Mm-hmm. It's just less horrifying than nine percent, and so that's that's actually a good thing. And so we also saw wild swings in the mortgage market that caused mm-hmm. kind of this weird blip of refinancing. We saw, um, you know, crypto had another wacko week. All of this, you know, made me think about what people are doing with their money. And, you know, I listen to um, CNBC a lot this week, and I'm listening to their so-called experts, and, you know, everybody's got an opinion that kind of floats around, but it made me think about the survey that I saw from Alliance for Lifetime Income that found that nearly four in five financial professionals, so by that I think they mean advisors, have -hmm. changed their approach to retirement planning in the last year. So... First, Tom, did you change your approach? And if you did, I guess the question is why?
2: Well, the short answer is no, I didn't change my approach because it's always, again, you made the comment about the five pillars. It's always those five pillars, the approach. Now, if things change in the individual's life from a standpoint of, for example, they're nearing retirement, let's say they um, have less income in one year. You may do things like Roth conversions in that year. You may do Roth contributions from a tax standpoint because they're low on tax brackets. You may make minor adjustments to the investments, but the core of the plan is always the same, which is creating an income plan. So again, the goal is the same. So to answer that, again, minor adjustments from year to year, yeah. But um, the core goal is the same of, and, and it's the cornerstone of your plan is, what are you doing to make sure you don't outlive, or try to make sure, or help make sure, you don't outlive your income? What is your income plan? you know, beyond the other four pieces of the retirement plan, taxes, investments, asset protection, and estate planning, what are you doing to create income you can't outlive to get the paychecks that come in every week? So that's really, it's not about growing a pile of money. It's not about one thing. It's not about getting to a number. Those things are great. But again, can we define that income plan? And then can we validate that and test it to show that, look, you have a high probability of never running out of money? Because you always want to confirm that as well and show them this is how it's going to work.
1: Now, there's some things that happened with, uh, that actually cost retirees money this week. Well, things that are happening, like the big package from the Biden administration would limit the amount that retirees spend on, say, out-of-pocket drug costs, right? Mm -hmm. That donut that has been there that has caused people undue angst, even with things like insulin costs, right, Mm -hmm. you know? Where this new legislation would actually limit that to about $2,000, which I think is a lot more predictable if you know you can only spend up to $2,000 in drug costs if you're on Medicare and you're on fixed income. That's got to help as well, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the, to your point, Elise, you know, expenses don't, when we talk about expenses, they just don't go away when we retire, right? You either have a mortgage or property tax or both. You have these health care costs in addition to the prescription costs. You have transportation, food, clothing, all of these things. And that's why it comes back to having this income plan. And, you know, in fact, we, you were talking about questions. We had someone, a couple people, call, ask because we talked about Social Security. Mm. Well, that's an income. That whole decision is pretty important. Your claiming strategy, how do you maximize that income benefit? So, because that's a lifetime benefit. That's a pretty important decision in this process of because that's a check that comes in every month regardless of the market, regardless of the ups and downs, right? And so these things are so critical to your planning and the expenses that you're talking about, um, pensions and and even looking at maybe annuities as, again, we're talking about when I get back to the income planning piece, creating lifetime income, income you cannot outlive. So this is why this, this is so critical to understand it. You'll never get to the penny. I get that, but Boy, if you can provide some clarity and you talk about the news, <laughs> we've been having all this uncertainty oh gosh, right? Can we try to minimize some of the uncertainty in our retirement plan? wouldn't that be a good thing?
1: I think it would be i I think the uncertainty is is making everybody very anxious i, I it, even you know with somebody who's got you know a lot of money, they may yeah. have been heavily invested in tech. And now their portfolio might be down 40%, right, instead of the 20%. And we also saw the market bounce a lot this week, right, as Mm -hmm. people adjusted their expectations for a possible recession Mm -hmm. next year and what that might look like. But, yeah, the anxiety, I think, is really getting to people, and they're wondering, do I have enough? And, Mm -hmm. you know... And eight and a half to you know my point earlier right it's or your point I should say it's great that it's eight and a half and not nine percent still eight and a half and if you look at restaurant prices if you go into the grocery store everything there just feels like it's up a lot more than eight percent how do you plan for that and this news about whether you've got the right amount of money coming in, and if you don't, you know, having hard questions, I want to address address that next because I think that it's got to be tough to be in your position and deliver maybe some bad news if you don't got, have the right answers, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, let's talk about that in just okay. a minute. You're listening to This Week in Wealth, the number to call, 630-934-1855. Go to com. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino. We'll be right back in a moment next on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino, and we're talking about your money, uh, your money in retirement in particular. Uh, the number to call is 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com. And, folks, just so you know, Tom answers all of these emails personally and directly. So if you write in, if you've got a question, you know, he is there. He's got a team of people behind him. Happy to answer your specific questions off air as well. All right. So, Tom, we were talking about, you know, kind of maybe bad news, potentially bad news, and how some Mm -hmm. advisors are changing their their stripes, their investment stripes, given what's going on in the market. But here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you consider yourself an honest person? This is kind of a leading question but, for a Sunday
2: morning. Well, I well, absolutely. I'm an honest person. I But I think we're leading to another point to the extent of what? Where I say whatever's on my mind?
1: Yeah. I mean, do you, you bite your tongue? When, when I'll tell you on a true story. When I first met my husband, he was like, you bite your lip a lot. Do you always do that? This was like on our first date. I'm like but I just don't want to say something I'm going to regret later. Sure. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so I guess, uh, do you occasionally bite your lip?
2: You know, I, I'm probably less apt to bite my lip. I would just say this, a couple things. Certainly, obviously, when it comes to clients and when I'm talking about this, I, in fact, not only, of course, what I say I'm honest on all these things, I I, I try to say as much as well when I'm saying I'm having an opinion I'm going to say this is an opinion I try to stick with facts as much as possible these are the facts this is how it works you deserve to know it and then you can make determine what's best for you rather than saying because I said so this is my opinion so uh, again I preface most of my things with this is a fact these are the this is the information but if there's something you know I think someone should know I'm, I'm going to tell them
1: all right, so let's talk about how that... In other words, well, I'll
2: ap- ask you, well, let me... <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, go if, ahead.
2: Here's a good one. If you saw- <laughs> Maybe I can't ask this. I was going to say, if you saw go s- someone... Go ahead. You can of- ask
1: me anything, I'll give you a- Go ahead.
2: <laughs> With, the, Let's say their collar was up just walking, or their z- zipper was, I don't know if we can say that, open, or something was there that was... Would you say, stop them and tell them?
1: Is it a person I know, like my no. husband, or a you person I don't know.
2: know? Maybe even a person you don't know.
1: Um, I think it's un- I think it would be unlikely for me to walk up to a random man who zippers <laughs> undone, and say your your flies undone, Maybe, go yeah. back to the bathroom, or make some sort of okay. joke about extra air conditioning, um, which would be very okay. juvenile of me. No, okay. I don't think I would do that. But I I have been known when somebody's collar <clears throat> is up, or if somebody's got a spot, I'm with
0: the there person go, I
1: know, spot on. But what I was getting at is what are you telling your clients who are making serious mistakes? And you see them making mistakes maybe in behavior, like they're outspending too much, they're not sticking to their budgets for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And this is a time where you don't want to be spending maybe an extra $50,000 out of your pot. Like, how do you have those conversations? How honest are you with those?
2: You know that is so important, really, to have these conversations. That's the time you want to have the conversations, right? That's what's important. And again, it doesn't have to be an opinion. And it doesn't if it's if things are are pre- presented the right way. Like again, it's it's numbers. It's a lot of times when I do the analysis for people, I said, you know, this is now my opinion. These are the numbers. This is how it works out. So let's take a look at those and then say, what do you think? You know. Mm. Um, and so that's the way you can approach these things and you can va- you can confirm and verify all these things by doing um, you know the proper review and analysis and then they can make the decision themselves. It's always good to ma- to allow the person to make the decisions for themselves and I think that's true in almost every case. Or you know, to in think life. that they're making it cases. themselves. <laughs> Correct. There you go.
1: you just frame it a little bit differently. All right. Yeah. So there was this survey that talked about honesty and being an RIA and how honest you can be about investment <laughs> returns and who's just trying to sell you something. Anyway, the survey said fifty-seven percent of people said it would be better if everyone just told people what they were thinking and didn't hold back. For like none. almost sixty percent. Really, I think we're doing a lot of that <laughs> right now, and I'm not sure it's helping the country. <laughs> just,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, you if know what? A- yeah.
1: Right? I mean, it's just, its just I don't know. Um,
2: it's the old saying, right? Some things are better left on set, I think.
1: I think so. And I, I was thinking about, you know, when it comes to money, um, although I'm not a... Oh, look at how busy you are on a Sunday there you morning. <laughs> <laughs> how
2: did I turn that off?
1: People are calling. They're calling. This is a good thing. Um, no... You know, it's funny, when you're um, a radio talk show host and you talk about money a lot, and I've written books, as you know, about money and real estate and things, people ask me a lot of questions at parties. I'm sure they ask you all the time, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And, you know, I want to say sometimes things that I've noticed about their behavior, if these are people that I know, and I and I try to not do that because it freaks people out if you even though you don't aren't looking at their checkbook if you can analyze down to the almost let's say $5 level where their money goes it, it kind of freaks them out but when you do what we do for a living you've already kind of seen it all right mm-hmm. and i and i don't do that because i don't want to freak out friends or even people i don't know particularly but it also isn't helpful when somebody feels like uh, you know too much, right? Or you're mm-hmm. making assumptions, even if they're correct. Like They they just get very unnerved by that. And then they seem to move in the opposite direction. So I, like you, try to just say, well, you know, mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. it's a good idea. I'm using this just as an example, right? It's a good idea to try and pay off whatever you can pay off of your debt before you get into a fixed income situation. Uh-huh. and And then I let them draw their own conclusions. Do you do stuff like that too?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple approaches. Number one is, of course, you know, you want to find out what is what truly they're trying to accomplish. You ask questions, you probe, and you f- try to find out. Okay, what is it truly you're trying to accomplish here? Number one, and the more you can ask questions rather than just you know spew or spit out facts and numbers and things like that, it's going to be more personalized for the individual. So, really, you really want to find out the dynamics, what's going on within their family, what's their goals, and so on and so forth. Then you can get into some of the numbers. And uh, that's part of it, uh, again, asking questions, not just giving answers. Mm-hmm. And then that allows you to give answers that I think are a little more uh, helpful to them. But you always have to be careful. I'm always uncomfortable. You know, I've had those meetings where someone just gives me a little bit of information. Says, Well, look, I have this chunk of money. What should I do? Well, I don't know. I'd be doing you a disservice if I just told you without knowing your overall picture. So, And that's like you said. I just mostly provide general information. If this, then this, Right.
1: Right. And I think that people, when they come into your office, I'm just going to guess here, but I I think there's a lot of shame attached to the way we've managed money, even if we've managed it really well, even if we've got a nice pot of money. I find that everybody's got this bit of shame. And so when they sit in your office, it's confessional, but they're kind of worried about (laughs) confessing because they don't want you to think they're so stupid. And they're also worried they don't know you yet. So they might feel like you could take advantage of that in some ways. Right how do you overcome that
2: well again it's it's uh it's mostly about understanding and talking about you know where they're at and not getting to know them personally before you really dive into anything um, and so that's really part of the approach and i the other thing is I would just say you know most people you to your point they say these things and then you look at what they've accomplished and I when I try to explain to it I'm, look you know, whatever the number is, look, you have, you know, $600,000 of, in, of investments here that you've saved and accumulated and worked your butt off to get to, that didn't happen by accident, right? And so, right. you know, I want them to understand, because I think most people, they just, that you're right, it's, un, it's really unbelievable, and, and some incredibly successful people say, you know, I could have done better, I should have done, it's like, wow, you've done great, and look at what you've accomplished, and so I always try to, which is an honest assessment, getting back to honesty, I want them to understand that, so, you know, hey, look at where you're at, and you really put yourself in a good position, and this is what we can do going forward.
1: Yeah, I think where that comes from, and I'm just guessing, John is, is, Tom, is that when you're in a situation where you have built up this pot of money, you're always looking at the next level up. You're looking at the neighbors who have more than you, drive a better car, do all these things, and I think you think somehow you didn't get there, so you're not mm-hmm. good enough, and yet you're great.
2: -hmm yeah
1: it's, it's just an it's an interesting phenomenon when it, it when it comes to money how people take that I don't know if it's the shame of lessons learned it's the you know the the worry panic anxiety from growing up maybe you didn't have a lot of money growing up or it's you know the things that um, you regret that you spent you know, on your way because you'd have that extra twenty-five bucks if you just had only. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so interesting. Anyway, I, I have to say that as an advisor, um, being the person that somebody can come to you, as I said it earlier, like a confessional, I think is such a vital part to be able to be honest with your advisor and have your advisor be honest back to you. That's the whole game, as far as I'm concerned, and I I know that you value that, Tom. Um, mm-hmm. with your people and, and your clients, and I know they value that in you. And we've seen it in just the responses we're getting on the show. And so anyway, I just wanted to, I thought that would be kind of a good thing to chat about today. True. Um, but as always, we're out of time. So. Of course. <laughs> we have to make this show an hour. We'll just keep right? talking. Right. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Eventually, Jerry, our producer, is going to go, yeah, okay, I stopped recording an hour ago. Um, Well, if you want to reach Tom, 630-934-1855, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. That's going to do it for this week in wealth. Find us online. Go listen to our past shows at WGN Radio. Find me at bestmoneymoves.com. And we hope you have a great week.